start of the podcast per as usual. He, as he does. Literally every time we try to do this, he's just <laughs> munching in the background. I'm not going to yell at him because I've learned that it doesn't pick up, but I want to. <laughs> it is funny that he specifically waits till <laughs> we sit down to do this, though. I don't know if it's because we're sitting next to where his food dish normally is and he just wants to eat while we're sitting here. <laughs> or if he, like, gets that. How smart is Jax? Does he know this is a podcast? Welcome to the Nightmare Box. This <laughs> the dog chews in the background. Presenting Mistakes Were Made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, wearing her favorite... Snuggle shirt today, Kristen Pennington. Forever in my pajamas while Brett is dressed like a real person. I, I'm not dressed like a real person. <clears throat> this is easily a pajama shirt. I've been getting, this is nothing to do with the podcast, so sorry guys for not being on point right at the start, but I've been getting the Sutter Home White Merlot just because they don't sell the Behringer one at the store. And uh, I saw your friend making fun of my wife on Facebook <laughs> the other day and... I'm just now realizing how much darker this one is yeah. than the Cider Home one. I'm drinking Behringer today and how much better the flavor is. The other one does taste kind of watered down. Yeah, no, the Behringer's Like the Sutter Home is not better. good. No, the Sutter Home. And I'm coming at you wine people, okay? I, 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 I know nothing about the art of wine making. I don't drink all that much wine because I love it too much and I'll tear through a bottle. But uh, Sutter Home is uh, boxed wine for people who don't want, you know, like boxed wine for classy people. Because it comes in a bottle? Because <laughs> yeah. it's not boxed wine. It's not boxed wine. It's like I'm drinking a 40 ounce right now, but I'm mm. not drinking a mason jar that you know, <laughs> lukewarm left. I've never... Like it's not PBR. You know? I've never really like compared them though, but I had the Setter Home last night and yeah, this one's yeah. much better. This one looks like blood. That one looks like... Honestly, why is Infidel? It doesn't even look like a Merlot. Anyway... This is our this is our wine criticism <laughs> segment of the podcast. <laughs> Every week we're gonna bring you a new wine tasting. Run out of things to talk about, so we're just gonna talk about my alcoholism. We're gonna, we're gonna, I mean, that's basically what we do. Anyway, but, uh, no, we could do that. We could do a whole segment, get a different bottle every week, and then be like, oh, bringing you this week, the da 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 da. I wouldn't even know a good name. The Rosa da di da da. Still on. Have, I mean, there's hundreds of bottles of wine. <laughs> I mean, there's you know? a. I mean, especially if you're trying all the different brands, yeah, yeah. you could just start on a. Make your life goal to try all the wine ever, and then just spend the rest of your life making your own wine. Well, I mean, the rest of my life would be only about two days, ten years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was, if I was making my life goal to taste all the wine, like, that's a good excuse to be drunk all the time. I think, like, if you're don't Jax, please. He's, Trying to dig. There's a whole bowl over there, and you're trying to dig the scraps out. <laughs> All right, let's catch a rhythm. Where are we going today? As uh, Jax looks. I said before on a different episode that I had boxed my books up, but I realized I put them in the large boxes because that was all we had left, and I realized it was going to be too much weight as Jax drinks <laughs> for an eternity behind me. It was going to be too much weight to pack the boxes in that box and then add more to the box. So I re-boxed my books today and um, all I needed was one teeny tiny box. That's, that's it. And Brett has three. 
Medium boxes. Three medium boxes. <laughs> my 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 tiny contribution to our library is sitting on top of all of his boxes right now. And I've got I... like a fucking six foot tall stack of boxes. Krista comes walking out with this tiny like paper box. It's like I filled it up. I was like, slow clap. Yeah. I do have uh, yearbooks that haven't boxed up yet, but those aren't reading books. You yeah. can't really count those. Man. I don't ever want to find mine. Like, I think it's somewhere in that closet. I never want to find my yearbook. You only have one? I have one for all four years. I think I've only got... I probably have one for all four years, but I might only have, like, my sophomore and my senior. I'd have to look. Didn't care that much about school? I know I school. took a really funny picture of my freshman year. Or my eighth grade year. It was one of those. I had this shirt that said, if it's too loud, you're too old. And I had a little <laughs> guitar in the middle so of it. So hardcore. Yeah, and I, I was trying to hang out with some skater guys at that point in my life. I thought I was going to make it in the X Games. Didn't make it in the X Games. Fell off my bicycle and got really fucked up. And then my dad saw me throw it across a parking lot from the window. And he uh-huh. was like, okay. <laughs> uh, that and I busted my dick about five times in a row trying to do an ollie in the garage. And it, the, the skateboard kept flying out and hitting the <laughs> garage door. So every time I fucked up, somebody would come up. What the fuck are you doing out here? <laughs> so I'm, I'm not an ex-gamer. <laughs> sad that wasn't your uh, dream anyway though we discussed that well it wasn't the time for like six months because i played tony hawk and i thought i was a skater boy but she said see you later that whole career said see you later boy (laughs) career said you lack the balance (laughs) yeah i currently own a skateboard and i don't know that i'll ever learn how to use it but uh it'll make for a a nice handy dolly and a bench (laughs) for my camera No, I own all of my yearbooks, though, because I was in yearbooks, so I actually made all of my yearbooks, except for my freshman one, because they don't let you do the yearbook your freshman year, so my sophomore, junior, and senior book, I helped make. Fuck yeah. I should have done that. I should have been a little more proactive way before the age of 25 in my (laughs) career. I'd have this nice little, yeah, I was on the yearbook staff, and then I gave a shit about literally anything but my grades in college, and... Well, you were publishing. I joined a writer's group, and then it turned out that... That's Jax barking at probably someone walking by. Definitely someone walking by. The same guy who walks by every day. (sighs) Jax has got to keep the home front safe, though. So I was saying, what was it? Should have been more proactive. Like, I joined a writer's group. And then it turned out like three or four weeks into that writer's group that we were all working a project together to create a short story collection. And I was like, that sounds fun as fuck. Let's create a short story what collection. What was this? Um, probably the beginning of the junior year college. Mm-hmm. Um, and the group was filled with Dungeons and Dragons people. And so they were like, we are going to make a... Um, What's the name for the, like the cosplay where they take the old stuff and they make it new, or like it, it, you know what I'm talking about? I do, but I don't. I'm not. Steampunk. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to do like a steampunk witch story, and then I was like, "All right, guys, well, let's do it." And I was like, "I don't, 
I don't know what you guys want from me. Here, <laughs> I, I, I tried to write a story around that theme, and it was basically a guy like walking around in the woods who like gets jumped by a werewolf that he doesn't have to see because I didn't have the integrity as a writer to write about a werewolf chasing like a, a, a nymph through the woods for the <laughs> fuck I was supposed to be doing. And I turned it in. And uh, it was only like three pages long, and most of it was like dialogue, you know, like kind of the way that I write, mm-hmm. um, like internal dialogue and description and stuff, trying to build the scene for my scary, scary fucking werewolf that was in no way a cliche. Um, and they read it, and they were like, we don't like this. Uh, and I was like, I'm having a room filled with 18-year-old Dungeons & Dragons people telling me that I don't know how to do my fucking job. <laughs> I was like, fuck this, I'm gone. I was like, can I start a separate group where we, we do real writing with like actual plots and actual creativity? Aww, or are we going to sit here and write long, drawn-out Dungeons & Dragons books? I'm not a Dungeons & Dragons guy. But if you looked at that and you said, this isn't really the thing that we're looking for, I wouldn't hold so much resentment. You told me it was bad. i have been reading about like... Like trolls driving hearses through like Salem, Massachusetts, and yeah, it was fucking strange. And I didn't go. That was bad. I said, (laughs) "Here's some constructive criticism." Move on. Yeah, that's (laughs) strange. To be fair, though, you were. uh, I mean, you weren't publishing like in book format, but you were publishing your stories online. Yeah. And the very young age so may not have been proactive in school but you were out there doing your thing yeah and if you write those kind of sci-fi things you know um go for it i don't know how to make it original so that's i think my issue with it is like you've got these like a vampire is a vampire yeah that was uh one thing we talked about while we were still in school together because we were like getting to know each other and like talking about like movies we liked and stuff and then especially after we started dating and we were like trying to pick movies i remember uh bringing up alien which Mm -hmm. is you know a very popular series and uh you mentioned that then that you weren't really a fan of uh like made up horrors like like you you prefer yeah stuff stuff that was like tangible that you could in real life be afraid of Mm -hmm. yeah the level of that i mean for me personally i think the scariest shit in the world is what's inside of our heads so like i'm a big fan of a psychological Mm -hmm. thriller where you're like i don't know if the main character like that classic trope i don't know if they're all the way there like that telltale heart type shit yeah yeah and that's honestly even and i don't i mean i don't maybe back then i might have considered it a horror but like the twilight episodes that we've been watching um i guess it's supposed to freak you out i don't know i'd call it a horror though maybe more of a mystery but like that one we watched oh was that last night that we watched that the one where um he's on the film set and uh that was for like a hot second there i really liked the beginning which the whole episode was great but i really liked the beginning because they they do that like they they like make you wonder whether or not he's an actor on a film set or actually in real life the character and for like a second there they kind of toy with you for a bit in that same sense where it's like is he crazy is he not and then about a third of the way or half of the way into the story they essentially abandon the whole like, concept yeah, yeah and it's like oh he's definitely an actor he's just running who's around who's lost his shit no, I, I wish they had that. played that out a bit longer yeah. than they did it reminded me of that uh, Father John Misty song that I, I love to put on repeat when mm-hmm. I'm too drunk and I'm staring Mr. at the ceiling Mr. Tillman yeah Mr. Tillman Mr. Tillman are you ready 
damn. That's a sick video. Like, like, like you want oh, to yeah. do a music video, Mr. Tillman by uh, Father John Misty is that, that video trips me out so fucking hard. I like uh, the album if you're gonna check them out, Honey Bear Better. But that mm-hmm. video is incredible if you're gonna watch one of his videos. Yeah. The animated one is really good too. What's that one? Um, that's not when the God of Love returns. That's no. fuck. Uh, It'll hit me. Uh, uh, I feel like if I saw the list of songs, I would recognize it. I, I can hear it in my head. Father John. That's well, on Pure Comedy, is the album. Um, that's arguably my favorite one there. Is it Pure uh, Comedy? Things that would have been helpful to know before the revolution. Yeah. yeah. That video is pretty kick ass, too. It's a little animated video. So check out Father John Misty. Yeah. Pure Comedy is the. the, the one of my favorite songs on that one but that one's got a really interesting um what do you call it video where you take clips from like news stuff like a collage type mm-hmm. thing i don't know why we're talking about music videos the dog was eating now the air conditioner's <laughs> clicked on the neighbor above the us neighbor was stomping i do it. actually have show notes though so we oh. have <laughs> almost lost a while Kristen for the fucking, second time today. Yeah, Kristen fist fucked a wine glass earlier and broke it all over creation. No, I don't know if it's all she the was sober this morning. Yeah, I don't I know if it's all the times we've clinked them together or like we put our glasses in the freezer to let them get cold before we use them. And I, I don't have massive hands, and my hand will fit inside of the wine glass. I always wash them by hand, and I like <laughs> stuck my hand in and it shattered. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> While my hand's still here. You almost lost your only one we think we got left. We might have one or two more up in the cl- little cabinet thing. It's not my day for wine glasses. Man, it is an anxious one. We are starting <laughs> off rocky as No, fuck. it's okay, because I have show notes. I can direct us around this weird moment we're having. Blaming we're not that. having a weird moment. I'm blaming the universe. Universe is having a weird moment. I'm not in the apartment. I think the apartment is sentient. Talking about non-sentient dust. Yeah, talking about things that aren't alive that are potentially sentient. I think the apartment is sentient. And I think every once in a while it likes to fuck with us. I think it's flat out haunted, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a, like, it's a nice apartment. And, um, like, I've really enjoyed living here. But Brett went to England. For like um, a month. Yeah, for like a month, like, right after we graduated. And I we weren't living together yet at the time. And I, like, kind of house sat for him. And it amounted to me pretty much living here alone yeah. while he was gone because, you know, Jax needs to go out to pee, you know, yeah. several Winston times a day. Yeah. Like Which, if you only had Winston, I could have gotten away with just coming, like, once a day or whatever. Yeah. But, like, with Jax, you know, he can't... He'd lose uh, you, his fucking You would have had a river of urine <laughs> and no furniture left because he would have eaten it. So, yeah, I pretty much lived here while Brett was gone and, like, I legitimately felt like I was, like, starting to lose my shit at the end of that <laughs> month. I was like, I think I'm in, like, the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Yeah. And, like, weird it's shit's so happening. Hollow. Like, the main, the main area is so wide and so empty. Like, you, there's no... And the ceilings are really tall. Yeah. No, you can go crazy in here. Uh, I know that from experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a, like, way too big place to live in by yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you did it for as long as you did. Because, yeah, like, after a month, I was like, I'm starting to feel really, like, anxious every time I come in here for some reason. And I don't know why. <laughs> so, yeah. it's. I think the apartment is yeah. sentient and currently Especially at night when you're cooking. Because you have the light on. Like, mm-hmm. I would cook with just that one light on. And I, I always felt like I was being stared at 
Yeah. You get that feeling like you're like looking over your shoulder because you're alone at night in your own place and the place is like it echoes in here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it did exactly feel that way. Like I was alone, but I also wasn't alone. Yeah. It'll get to you. You got to build some mental fortitude, (laughs) isolate yourself. And I didn't have a job for for a good little while. Um, so I was just here, like I was either at school or I was here and I'd do my homework and I'd do my writing and it would just be total silence for like a steady 12 hours out of every day. That's crazy. I couldn't deal yeah. with that. Like, and it's funny cause I've always thought, um, I'm a bit of an introvert and I like to be, you know, that's why I've got three medium boxes full of books and you've got one tiny book. You've never been as isolated as I've been. Well, I've never, I've never lived alone. Like, I've always either had roommates or, you know, yeah. lived with my family or whatever. So, um, yeah, like, that's funny because I've always thought, like, I would have rather had a place by myself versus, like, doing roommates yeah. again or any of that. And then that, it was one month that you were gone and I was just like, I don't really like this that much, actually. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of getting used to. I, I, I didn't like it at first, because, like, even, like, in the service, I lived alone, technically. I was in a dorm, but I was in a dorm building that shared a bathroom with a dude, so, like, yeah. you're never really alone. But, like, staying here, was, unless my friends were coming over, we were meeting up at the bar and then coming over here afterward, it was like, you're just by yourself, dude. You get back from the bar at 11 o'clock at night, all the lights off are in, like, are in here and your head's just spinning. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Did you ever, to talk to like, you. during the day, just leave, just to leave? Yeah. Like, I still like do I'm just going to go to the park today because I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I used to do that a lot. Like, it, I'd take Jack someplace. Um, I'd go out driving at night. Like, I'd just be like, okay, well, I'm going to just spend an hour driving around on a back road so I'm not back in the fucking mental asylum. Because, you know, you can only shop so many times in a week. You know, <laughs> if the only people that are talking to you are cashiers. <laughs> you get a little wound up and you don't. <laughs> Yeah. I think okay. it was good for me. It, was, it definitely hurt me in a significant way. Uh, well, I, if we haven't talked about it yet, we'll talk about it on a future sad one. But um, yeah, it, it, it pushed my head to a place where, you know, not a lot of people I know have been. Yeah. It's not like you're just alone. So like you're alone and you don't. I can't just walk out the door and be like. <laughs> yeah, no, I've always, which I, I think is part of the reason I thought I would like living alone. Like, I've always been, even when I lived with other people, like a little isolated. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm that person who, like, comes home and unless I'm specifically in the kitchen, you know, cooking or whatever, like, I'm probably in my bedroom and the door yeah. is probably shut. And unless you come knocking on my door, we're not going to talk to each other the rest <laughs> of the night. And, um,. Like, so I felt like, oh, I'm kind of a little isolated because mm-hmm. people aren't coming in my room. I'm in here by myself and we don't really talk to each other, but you always knew somebody else was there. Mm-hmm. Like, you were never like, oh, like, I'm alone, alone. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, that kind of freaked me out because it was like, there's nobody here. Yeah, and then you hear a noise in the next room and that's the scary shit. Mm-hmm. You're watching TV and you think you hear, like, somebody trying to open the, the, the window in the next room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, grabbing the shotgun, clearing the entire <laughs> apartment. But no, I think it's haunted. <laughs> or Jax just randomly barks at something while you're sitting there. And it's like, I didn't hear anything. Yeah. What are you barking well, at? Well, <laughs> I think that's why Jax is so sensitive to my feelings. Because there was a lot of time where it was just me and him in here. And he'd pick up on shit. Because it was so quiet. You, you 
could hear shit from like mm-hmm. the next building over. You'd hear somebody like drop a coin on the floor. And uh, his head would shoot up, my head would shoot up, and we'd just be start fucking away. Dude. The government. No. <laughs> I could see where the story and the nightmare box about like the stain on the ceiling mm-hmm. would definitely come from, though, because you can hear... Well, that which... was the one for the class. I had one that was about this little stain I had on the doorknob that made it in the nightmare box. Well, I just meant in general, oh, the concept. I was talking about the Madman Diaries. I guess that one did go on the night. Oh, did, I meant the Madman Diary. Sorry, did I say the Nightmare Box? Well, I think the one you're talking about did wind up on the <laughs> oh. Nightmare Box. But the, the, there's a different story about a smudge on a doorknob, and that definitely came from that door right there. <laughs> was it not in the Madman Diaries? I thought that's where I read it. Maybe it was on the, your site. Well, I wrote the stain for uh, college class. after The guy that yells the at the book. ceiling? Yeah, I wrote that for Arroyo after I'd already released the book. Yeah. Maybe you just let me read it then, because I've definitely mm-hmm. read it. Oh, you've read it. Twice, two or three different versions of it. Yeah. Oh, I it, that's so weird. I thought it was in the book. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, I could see where that would come from, though, because um, as weirdly isolating as the apartment is, you can very, very clearly hear the neighbors. <laughs> so you can hear like their whole conversations. Like the neighbors upstairs have, I think, at least two kids. They have a girl <laughs> and a boy, and uh, it was different neighbors, and they used to scream at each other all the goddamn time. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the ones now, like, have a, a little girl and a little boy, and the little girl has gotten to be significantly more sassy lately. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, in my bathroom, like, getting ready for bed the other night, and she for sure, like, reared back and cold-cocked this little boy, because, yeah. like, all I hear is this boom, and then, <laughs> I was like, oh, God. She hit him the other day. She used to be such a sweetheart. She was my favorite thing about living here. Because I'd go outside and smoke a cigarette, and she'd just be out on the porch, and she'd be singing these like really pretty songs from like Disney movies and now stuff. Now you hear her out there screaming. I, 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 no bullshit. When I came in from uh, my little chore earlier across town, um, I came in. She was sitting upstairs uh, on the patio. She was sitting on her little chair out there. And she had her mom's cell phone in her hand, and she was just blasting trap music. And she was just, <laughs> oh my God. She was sitting there bumping her head to trap music. And I was like, you were a sweetheart a year ago. You were my favorite fucking person think, six months ago. I think she's the one throwing the dead flowers out. She's, like, got these little boyfriends or something. She's like, fuck love, and throws well, the she's flowers. She's been cussing lately. I like, I sit down there, and she's like, that little son of a bitch. And it's like, what the fuck is happening in your life, little girl? Uh, she locked her brother out on the balcony that one day. <laughs> and he was just knocking on the door, and we were like, should we wait? Or? These guys were just, they were the sweetest kids not fucking six months ago. Oh, oh my God. God, look at to your kids, try not to traumatize them because I watched this sweetheart straight up turn into a killer. Like, I'm terrified. I'm going to be a mob boss here in a few more hop years. down like Chucky and stab me in the throat. <laughs> Just going to be stealing kids uh, lunch money at school. <laughs> oh, turn out your pockets, motherfucker! But I'm going to very not subtly move this into the first topic I've written down talking about being accountable for your kids. Yeah! you got to be accountable for yourself. Yeah, yeah! <laughs> um, Brett's been working on editing his book. The uh, Nightmare Box. Yeah, the titles. And because um, <laughs> he finished his editing contract uh, recently, and he's been working on his book since he has more free time now. And uh, you've set deadlines for yourself, right? Yeah. So what did you do today? I did 15 pages. Um, I'm about 16 chapters in already so like it, I didn't pick it up from scratch mm-hmm. today but 
uh, now that I know that I can edit on a consistent thing and I know what I'm looking for, you know, um, I've had a little bit of extra motivation. So I'm going to try to make it more consistent to where I can bang out at least 30 pages a week, you know, 15 at the minimum, but trying to do them in 15 page groupings. So 15 pages might take me an hour, you know, hour and a half, yeah. uh, depending on how fucked up they are, and, you know, how it's formatted. But uh, I want to, you know, hold myself to a minimum of 15 a week, which means I edited for at least one sitting. And 30 pages a week is the goal. So mm -hmm. it's at least two sittings. So I've got two days off. So I'm not going to hold myself accountable for editing my book while I'm at work. Yeah. If I get the time. Which is and I can, Yeah. If I can do 5, 10, 15 pages while I'm at work, then I'll do that and I'll be ahead of schedule. But I have two days off, so there's no excuse for me to not do the edits while you're in the bath, you know, yeah. uh, after we get our chores done. So I've been uh, wanting to do that. The upside is... Um, I wrote this story a couple of years ago uh, before I went back to school and before I did the Madman Diaries, any of that was, you know, it was way off. I'd just gotten out of the service. I was working at Amazon and uh, working 14-hour shifts where I wasn't allowed to listen to music and they didn't have any music playing and you had eight seconds to get from item to item. So Terrible. you couldn't stop and talk to anybody for 14 hours. And lo and behold, getting out of the military and then being put in a job where you're working the night shift with a lot of time in your head and nobody to talk to, it'll make you write a book. So I basically memorized whole chapters while I was my trick. I, uh, I find big influences in uh, weird character traits and... It's going to sound strange to you, but I've like memorized songs so that when I don't have something to listen to, I can listen to songs. And Jay-Z's big skill <laughs> was he's never written down a line ever. He memorizes his songs and then he records them in the studio. So there's no notebook that Jay-Z owns. He just huh. memorizes the songs until he can memorize the whole album. And then he goes in and he drops the album. He just records, you know, whatever he needs to record. So I was like, if he can do that with three minutes, <laughs> I could do that for a chapter. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd, I'd walk around and I'd repeat a paragraph until I knew that paragraph. And then I'd try to remember that paragraph and add to it. So then I would hold two paragraphs and then three paragraphs. And then the second I got out to the truck, I'm like, okay, here's the, you know, the main lines. Keep repeating itself. Keep repeating itself. And you go home and you start typing them up. That's kind of cool. I didn't yeah. know that. So I've, some days I'd have a paragraph in my head and that's all I had. Some days I'd have a whole chapter, but there's always this part that I fucked with in my brain for 14 hours. Where I was like, well, what would Michael do here? Because all my MCs are named Michael until I fucking move the print. That's <coughs> some extreme dedication now. Like, well, I needed something to do where I was going to go crazy working that job. How long did you work there? About three, four months. I wasn't there very long before I got the it security gig. It sounds pretty miserable. Yeah. And so. then I got the gig in Nashville. <laughs> and that was probably worse, actually. <laughs> Way worse. But I could write uh, at that job. If like, you were still alive they, at the end yeah, of the day. If they weren't shooting at me, I could put pen to paper. <laughs> mm. No, that's interesting, though, because... Um, 
I was thinking about that while I was in the bath earlier. Like It was mostly written in Dad's hospital room and at my kitchen table afterwards. Yeah. But, like, even with that, like, I'm sure you had, like, goals for, like, what you wanted to finish for the day or, like, when you wanted to have it published. I know, like, when we did the dolls, you wanted the film back before uh, your birthday, but we didn't get the film done in time, so we did a trailer instead. So, like, we were, like, still setting, like, little... Little goals. Yeah, that we wanted to meet. It's and been like, a theme that we've been talking about these past couple episodes, these, like, incremental steps, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, with the podcast, you know, we have two episodes a week like we have scheduled days that we release them if you guys haven't noticed that yet they come out every tuesday and every friday well i mean the, the people except over for the one time on, the people over there on iHeartRadio might not know that <laughs> except for the one time i thought it was tuesday and it was actually monday you got that episode early but other than that these have uh, you know come mistakes out. were made yeah mistakes were made i published it and brett was just like so we're doing that today it's like yeah it's tuesday what do you mean <laughs> It's like, no, it's Monday. It's like, it is three o'clock in the afternoon and you've not looked at the calendar today. <laughs> I don't know why. I like legit thought it was Tuesday all day that day for some reason. But like I've, I've noticed since I got out of school, like when we were in school, you know, you have mm-hmm. deadlines that you have to have projects done. Or if you're working for a client, you set deadlines with the client that you have to have your projects done. And I have like... A lot of stuff just backed up on my hard drives that I haven't finished that's yeah. decent work. Like, I have a video essay that no, I was actually... very good at your job. Well, thank you. It's not decent work. You're fantastic at it, and you remember <laughs> to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's it's not even... Two times a week, you don't miss the edits on this, so you're not, you know... <laughs> it's not a not remembering you, so much as a... Like, I feel like, oh, like, well, I'll get that done next time, you know, and then next time comes and I'm like oh, I'll get that done next time yeah but yeah I have like a video essay on cinematography that I'm I thought that would be a lot more comfortable yeah that doesn't look comfortable at all let <laughs> me cross my legs <laughs> and then I remembered I'm not a five foot four female I can't, <laughs> can't sit like that that is the benefit to this chair no armrest <laughs> means I can put my legs wherever I want it's gonna be like namaste and I can... <laughs> it's hard to do in that chair I've tried but um yeah, like I don't like I have stuff just sitting on my hard drive that's been sitting there for like six months now, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I'll get to it next week, and then I haven't, and like setting deadlines for yourself, like when you're your own boss, you have to remember that you're still the boss of the company. Yeah, and the so company it's... is run by the employee, and you're the employee. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, if I worked for somebody else, or if you worked for somebody else, like. They'd be like, well, this has to be done on the 27th of this month or whatever. They'd like, you, you have. Yeah. yeah. And like, when you're the boss of your own company, like. You set your own deadline. Yeah. Like, you still have to be responsible on that level where it's like, well, this is the day this is getting done mm-hmm. instead of like, oh, like, I, I'm free to do what I want to do. I'll get up at three in the afternoon because I'm my own boss. Well, that's what <laughs> shoots a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. fast as fuck in this game. Like, I, I can't remember where it came from, so I'm not going to try to credit it to any one person. Um, but it's basically the idea, like, it, it, being self-employed means that you are the boss and the em, employee. Yeah. Like, would you hire you to do what you want to do? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, if you don't, then you need to find somebody that 
wants to do it and just be the boss. <laughs> or step up your game and set deadlines. Yeah. I gotta be better about that with my film stuff, though. Well, it's too easy. That's the problem. Uh, to... Sorry, the AC came back on. <laughs> to, um, it's too easy to fall in that mind step where it's like, well, I'm a writer. And I'm not going to do any of the writing. Um, but I got that degree, so <laughs> I'm just going to wake up and then play video games until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm just... Uh, I've got this cool concept, but like you never actually put pen to paper. I'm going to be discovered one day. Yeah, and then you just wind up that sleazy shithead on the Facebook page that <laughs> we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Speaking of Facebook pages, it's a quick diversion from what we were talking about. On an undisclosed Facebook page right before you got out of the bath, um, I read a person, uh, a person's post and says, I was in the middle of writing my book and I really want to finish this and publish this, but I just found out that most writers don't even make minimum wage. And I was like, welcome to the world, shithead. <laughs> That's a strange... You're not doing it for the fucking wages. Yeah. I made a 30 cent royalty the other day from the UK. So whoever it is that bought my book in the UK, thank you very much. But please just send me the $10. I will send it to you. I'll make $2 instead of 30 cents. <laughs> You'll get a signed copy. That's a weird... Like, they got into the writing game because they thought they were going to be yeah. a millionaire. Yeah, like, I really wanted to be a writer, and then I found out that I couldn't just become a millionaire. And it's like, no, most people are not the people that you read. Like, you read Stephen King. He's got, like, 75 goddamn books, and there's a reason why you know his name. <laughs> but, like, how many writers do you know by name? <laughs> I see. Or, like, I'm sure they still do them now. Um, but I've seen like those commercials on TV in the past where they literally shoot a trailer for the book because yeah. it's like, please just read my book. Just for the love of God. <laughs> they do. It's they like, literally dude. hire actors and shoot trailers for books. Like no, <laughs> I, writing will get you fucking nowhere. Most filmmaking gets you fucking nowhere. Most mm -hmm. painting gets you nowhere. Almost every podcast gets you nowhere. But you know what? If we delve our little fingers and all those fucking creative things, then That's... maybe we could make $30,000 a year, which is my baseline. I want to make as much as I make to survive right now and have a supplemental job. You know, where I can walk out on my boss and go find another supplemental job. Like, I don't want to make it huge. I want to work my dick off to make $30,000 a year doing what I want to do so I know that I can tell my boss to go fuck himself. <laughs> that's, I, again, not to dog on actors, but that's interesting hearing that from a writer because I feel like the only artists I've ever worked with who have specifically been interested in the income have been actors who are mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be the next Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt or whatever. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone who actually like physically creates the art themselves. Yeah. Like say like, ah, oh, damn, I thought I was going to make more money. I thought I was going to make a killing like off this. And it's like, dude, they teach everybody how to write. You had to take a creative writing class of some capacity at some point in your life if you're 
made it through high school. Somebody sat you down and taught you how to write a story. So everybody knows how to do it. Everybody can write a resume or write an essay, like all these basic things. So everybody already has your fucking skill set. But like if you played trumpet in the band, hundreds of thousands of people also play trumpet in the band. Not everybody's Louis fucking Armstrong. Like, <laughs> That's did just I, weird. Did things. I get the right Louis there? Louis Armstrong was the trumpet idea. guy? I, thought, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know if that's the dude who did the tour de France or <laughs> that's the dude. <laughs> I have no idea. I know who I'm thinking of. <laughs> that's just weird though because like most people that work in the artistic field like do it because they're passionate about it. That's interesting. That like, well, everybody's. I might not money. make a ton of. Well, I, I'm. A, I'm, I'm not gonna but lie. The like, if we're being you're like, I could make that much money without the dedication to be okay with the fact that you might not be able to make that much money. It's weird. Yeah, like I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm definitely actively afraid that I'm gonna live in poverty the rest of my life. I'm like that's a hundred percent for it. <laughs> my, my game plan before I met you was me, Jack's a tent in an undisclosed location. <laughs> <laughs> the typewriter that I have in the next room and literally nothing else. I was like, fuck it. I'll just write for myself. I'm gonna send in manuscripts to publishing houses like it's 1975. <laughs> Just wrapped up looking like the Unabomber's Manifesto. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, like, I've never at any point thought, well, damn, I'm not going to make as much money as mm-hmm. I want. I guess I won't do it. Like, like if you had a, a story. and you, Yeah, if you had a story in you that you thought was great, like, still go get a day job. Yeah. But do the thing that you enjoy for fun. Well, how dare you call yourself a writer if the money is what stops you from doing it? Like, I've got... Several quotes on my cork board over there. So again, I'm not gonna fucking stick it to one person. But um, it's that whole concept of like if I think it was uh, Bukowski, where it more or less says like if I didn't do this, I'd jump off a bridge. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the only thing I have. Like that I'm. It, it's meditative, you know. Yeah, because there was like that. I don't that, know if it, that bitch of a child. <laughs> She's just up there. It's hot out here for a cough. I'm not trying to get the money for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this episode is everywhere. Uh, but, but yeah, there was the one Drink day. Drink it heavy. I edited today. I'm in a good mood. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I'm super proud of you. You edited your book today. I did. I love you. I love you. <laughs> But there was that that one day that you texted me while you were at work, and I think it was the day you had to go to work on your day off, and you were like, "I'm just looking forward to the podcast, so something today ha- or something that happened today mattered." Yeah, like, <laughs> like oh. I tell you that all the time. I'm like, well, uh, I spent eight and a half hours selling junkies, old stuff to new junkies, and. Uh, but I got to write a paragraph on a piece of notebook paper this morning, so I, I've got a tiny folded uh, small legal pad thing that I got one paragraph on, and I was more pumped about that one paragraph than I was about the eight and a half hours in that goddamn bond shop. <coughs> so. Yeah, I always feel, because I've started working on the podcast edits like while I'm at work, and I always feel when there is an episode to edit. Kristen does the editing 
uh, on her lunch break, uh, you <laughs> bastards. So be appreciative. She's got sandwich in one hand, headphones on, just clickety-clacking it away on the fucking keyboard to bring you guys as crystal clear of an episode where she cuts out all of my weird rambles, sometimes cuts out my racism. Joking. <laughs> yeah, like I get a lot of weird looks at work. So they're like, what are you working on? I'm like, oh, I'm editing like my audio. Yeah, <laughs> like, leave me alone. I'm fixing it. I'm doing my job. <laughs> but yeah, um, like on days that I don't have an episode to edit, if I don't work on an episode, that doesn't bother me because... I'm like, oh, I'm caught up, but like on days that I do have an episode that needs to be like edited that I haven't finished yet, if I don't get a chance to work on it that day, I do kind of feel like the whole day that I'm at work was a loss. I'm like, oh yeah. god, I didn't get anything done in 12 hours. It's fucking nuts. Like, I've, I've, I've found myself reading the reader or the writer's digest from like, okay, okay, I'm just gonna read about writing. Well, you found that think competition though, doing been, that, so that well, was good. That's what the one paragraph is, is I think I've found my, my story. Did you tell me about that last night? We yeah. Talked, yeah, I was like, we talked about that yeah, last I, night. Yeah, I, I think I found my story. I've got a page and a half or two about the opioid epidemic in Murfreesboro that's in my old notebook. Mm -hmm. And uh, I status update on my meth addict that I've been keeping up with. Um, he has relapsed and he walked past me the other day and we, we sat and talked for roughly half an hour. And uh, we're smoking cigarettes out front and he was on meth he, he kept losing me to his reflection and talking backwards and talking about demons that lived in his brain levitating objects yeah. he'd seen a homeless person levitating a cigarette in the parking garage at the public library last night and slept in four days and, um he discovered that like uh the the rehabilitation clinic wasn't going to take him until synchronicity um, the 7th of August which is the day before you and I were originally supposed to okay. uh, zippity zip out of this motherfucker so uh, here's praying to my dude and here's hoping that he doesn't die this week but he said something to me one sentence that I I don't think I'm ever going to forget and it's going to be the opening line to the story that I sent to the writer's digest because it, it it's this paragraph, and then it ends, uh, Murfreesboro, circa 2019, the face of the opium crisis. <laughs> I like that. I think it's a captured yeah. image of the problem. Almost like what you'd see underneath a picture on a news website. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm aiming for that story. I think I could do about five pages, um, talking about things that I see every single day so I don't have to really make it up I just have to find a way to tie it all together under this theme of dealing with opioids in 2019 in Tennessee where six people overdosed last week and four people overdosed you know the week before that you've like I have a tendency to google um or not google uh, but I have a tendency to look at their names and then go into our pawn program 
and search it against that, and I'm always like, fingers crossed. <laughs> don't let it be somebody who came into my shop. Like, I don't want to be the person that bought the fatal dose from pawning their goddamn TV. So, yeah. it, it, the story is somewhere around that. Right? I like that about you, though. Um, like, you see these weird, like, I guess to most people they seem like mundane things that happen every day in our lives like the person that I or the people that I pass by on the way to work every day that I was telling you about last night um that like most people overlook or like don't notice and like you see like the heart and the soul and like the stories to all these like really average everyday like mundane situations or like depressing situations that most people are just like I don't want to think about that you know I'm like very that. comfortable thinking about that because I think like to a level it makes me feel better about my life choices you know <laughs> like, I, I met a musician when I was 19 years old and uh, her her husband had no legs and they were homeless people and they were on Broadway in Nashville it was right before I went into the service and they were outside uh of one of the bars and there's like thousands of people in Nashville on any given Saturday night and people were filing past and throwing dollar bills and uh, I was just another one of those people you know um, and they were playing the spoons and he had a guitar that you know had three strings and she was playing the spoons so you, you cut the spoon in your hand and it kind of works like a sort of drum and you can mm -hmm. hit it on different parts of your body and it creates this beautiful sound. And it was one of the craziest songs I'd ever heard. And uh, so I threw $20 at them. I was like, I think you guys are the greatest thing that's hit Broadway, more or less. Like, I've been giving 50 cents to this dude, or 50 cents to this dude, a dollar over here to this girl. And, yeah, you know. Um, and I found these two homeless people, and one of them's a Vietnam veteran. I'm like, fuck it, I've got an extra 20 and I'm about to go, you know, move the car anyway and get the fuck out of here. So yeah. why not hang out? So I give this to them. They finish their song. She scoops up everything that they've collected. She walks to the corner, talks to a dude, and walks back over towards us like she's going to keep going, picks up a spoon, walks into the alleyway, and shoots up right there in the alley. So I went from watching her play a song to watching her realize she had enough money for a bag to go shoot up and then came back out with that spoon and kept playing. That's sad. And that's music. That's Nashville. That's the opium crisis. And like you can't even... I don't mean to bum everybody out. <laughs> This is the story that I'm trying to write, so please don't steal my idea. <laughs> and like you, can't I love even... this city for that. I I hate this place because those people have to exist here, but they are my favorite thing about this city. Is the, the hundreds of thousands of you people that think you're the first person who found a goddamn guitar? Like I felt like I was the first person to find a pen. This is where you come to die. Like actors in fucking Los Angeles. Everybody knows how to play a song. They're all very talented people. But I need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> before I, I start doing meth. You can't even be 
mad about it though like I've thought that before like when I was a little bit younger um like oh you see a homeless person I don't want to give them money because they might buy alcohol with my money I used to make jokes as a fucking ignorant kid like on Facebook if they pop up from time to time and I have to delete them off my Facebook where I'm like why don't we just get a whole search group together and we can go tar and feather homeless people in Nashville just like run up and light them on fire like I was a kid and they were everywhere I didn't understand it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to apologize for my ignorance. I, I, I didn't get why Nashville was dealing with that. But now Nashville has bled out into my hometown, mm-hmm. you know? And so now I'm dealing with the people who've given up on the dream who are just doing heroin and snorting pills and shooting meth or smoking meth and every other person that you meet's on crack cocaine in the neighborhood that I work in. <laughs> well, I was going to say a second ago, like, I know, like, I remember thinking as a kid, because, you know, that's a thing I'd heard from other people, oh, like, you give them food or whatever, but don't give them money. They'll just buy drugs or alcohol with we'll money. And, like, oh, Some like, if I... Love. Most of them are real people. Well, like either... And my dude that I keep giving you guys updates on... I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. Okay. I'm emotional about this topic. The dude that I keep giving money to... The reason I keep giving him money is because he keeps coming to me asking me to put him in touch with rehabilitation clinics. Even when he was twitching out on fucking crystal meth, he was telling me that he just needs to live until the 7th so that he can... Get, get to rehab yeah. on meth well like, <laughs> that's what, still the goal like well, what I was gonna say a second ago like you can't even be mad at him like that was like a thing I heard growing up so as a kid that was a thing that I thought like oh like I, I need to give you food not money because you'll abuse but like as an adult I'm like you know honestly if you're gonna go buy drugs or alcohol with the money that I give you because it makes tonight a little bit more bearable for you. Like, who am I to judge? Like, I come home and have a glass of wine because I had a shitty day at work and I have a home to come home to. And every night that I come home, like, you make me a really nice meal and we have a really nice night together and I still, like, you know, come home and have a glass of wine because my day was stressful. So if somebody wants to go shoot up because they're sleeping under a bridge tonight, like... Like, am I really someone to judge that? Where would I be if I was living under a bridge? If you don't think I wouldn't be actively on fucking heroin? (laughs) I think think I've cried to you about being stressed about money from work before. Like, stressed about the We've made the rent and been upset that we didn't have an extra $50. Yeah, like, like, I would lose my shit if I was, like, sleeping out on the streets hoping I didn't get stabbed that night. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's madness. And, and, like, collectively as a society, we look at those people as less than. No, they're just addicts to a system that is created addicts. We give people pain pills for everything. So they're hooking you on opiates, and then you can't afford opiates. I got a buddy of mine who will go unnamed, who was in the Navy and got his leg taken off by a boat propeller. He, he went oh, went overboard, got sucked into the propeller, and like 
damn near lost his right leg. It hit him all the way down the thigh, severed his arteries. His friend had to take off his belt underwater to stop the bleeding. They managed to save the leg, but he's got this crazy goddamn scar. And uh, the VA had him on uh, all different kinds of pain pills for roughly two years to try to, like, get the tendons all to work right to get them to like, yeah, that's some serious right nerve yeah. damage. Well, he had these pictures of like wide open from like when it happened all the way to like currently healed, which is still like this fucking like four inch scar across its thigh. And uh, they had him hooked on these pills. And then the second that he was stabilized, they gave him a medical discharge. They sent him home. He smoked weed with his friends when he got home, went to the VA to continue to get his pain pills. They popped him on a piss test. He failed because of the weed. They stopped giving him the pills. They'd hooked him on for fucking two years. The next thing you know, this dude is banging heroin for another three years. Terrible. Because he doesn't know how to wean himself off the opiates, and he can't pass a drug test to get the drugs that he needs. Is he still using heroin now? Uh, the last I talked to him, he was clean about a year. Um, he he had a junk box, is what he called it, where he kept his needles and his stash, and it was like this small pelican case uh, about, like, what you say, the size of your hand, mm-hmm. um, that you might keep, like, an optic in or something, like something super small. And he was like, no, this is my old junk case, because... It's a pelican, you can shake it, and nothing's going to break in there, and so I'd keep that. And it was his pencil box, so he just filled it full of pencils and stuffed it in his backpack. So he was still going with his jump case, but it was for, like, pens and pencils and markers and highlighters and stuff that he needed for school. So, like, he changed the purpose of the junk box, too. That's awesome. Yeah. It was one of the craziest stories I'd ever heard, and I sat and talked with this dude for fucking hours because he's like no dude I'll tell you all about heroin like <laughs> it wasn't something that he was doing because he wanted to be on heroin yeah. but if you can buy a bag for $60 as opposed to getting a fucking prescription you know you buy a $20 bag of H risk fentanyl overdose and it's it's better than getting hassled by the fucking VA or you know our current system that we got going on those guys pumped us full of fucking Xanax and Adderall and all different kinds of shit for 20 years now. So we're seeing the side effects. It's a reason that big pharma's getting sued left and right. And people are starting to legalize cannabis. <laughs> Denver's legalized psilocybin. These opioids are no fucking joke. It will rob you of your soul. So that's what I'm writing about. Are you allowed to, like, share the story later? Like, if your story doesn't get picked, do you get to share it? Or if it does get picked, oh, do they share it? if it doesn't get it? picked, I can do whatever I want with it. If it does, do they share it? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't know how that works. No, so I've they would publish it, right? They would publish it if it was in the top three, yeah. I think, of the category. Um, but the whole like issue is the submissions. So it's uh, you've, you're 
your first place definitely gets in the magazine. I think the second place gets in. The third place might get a mention and like a link on the website or something. I can't remember, but I'll, uh, I'll look into the details. Right now, I just want to write the story, and I think the story is um, because I've got a whole book that I want to write about the pawn shop stories. Yeah. I think the story is in this opioid crisis. I, I've, I've read a bunch of Hunter Thompson lately. It changes the way you look at the world. You want to like kind of do this gonzo thing of your immediate surroundings. So I think that's the step. Yeah. I'm excited to read it. Well, I'm excited to write it. I'm proud of you. Sorry I derailed you so hard. But oh, no, you're fine. I had a... Uh way more light-hearted show notes written down. We may either attempt to cover those now or cover them later, but uh, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. So yeah, if you you see a homeless guy, uh, my advice as a writer for the creatives out there, um, most of them are normal people. A lot of them are mentally disturbed. So as long as they're not actively screaming at the sky, talk to them. Bring them a bottle of water, hang out with them until the bottle of water is gone. Bring them two bottles of water so they have one that they can drink with you and one that, you know, they can take with them. I mean, even if you're not, um, like, someone who, like, works in an artistic field or has any reason I mean, everybody should do that. (laughs) Sitting and talking with a person who is radically outside of your own situation is a real eye-opener. I was going to say, even if, like, you you don't feel compelled to go talk to them, I think collectively as a society, like, we need to be better about recognizing that, like, the only dividing factor between where you and I are currently sitting or where they're sitting is, you know, a choice we made today or where we were born or, you know, like, literally stuff out of your control can cause your life to spiral in that direction. So they're still... People, yeah. you know. I'm bipolar. I have a history. I've had had a nervous breakdown, so I've wound myself up into the uh, less likable version of my my disorder. But I have a very strong support structure. So there are steps to Brett Bloom becoming homeless. A lot of these people don't have that support structure. Don't judge them so harshly, you bastards. How better <laughs> off are you? <laughs> some of them are panhandlers and those people can legitimately go fuck themselves but, uh, I don't know I try not to try not to judge and I try to find a lot of inspiration in people that are still alive in those crazy ass situations because it's like my friend that's in rehab right now out in Arizona you know She's been through a hell that I'll never understand, and she still had the peace of mind to keep pushing. Yeah. It's not the greatest inspiration story you want to tell your kids, but like for fuck's sake, like if that's not going to be an interesting person to at least talk to, hear I've their never, side of things. I mean, there are some people out there, period, who are just genuinely very nice people. But I've I've never really met anyone who like had that level of like heart for other people or cared about other people or was like passionate about people in general that hadn't at some point in their life 
experience something difficult like everybody that I know that's like a genuinely like sincerely loving caring person has like gone through some whether it's you know more extreme yeah. or minor like some sort of trauma in their life so like well, I, I think traumas you know you try to put it on a scale but if it impacted you enough to think of it as trauma then welcome yeah. to the party pal but like every, everybody that I, I know that's gone through terrible things if they can come out the other side always comes out like a better person mm-hmm. so like I like I have experienced things that I'm not proud of or like done things that I'm not proud of and I'm yeah. sure you feel the same and like those aren't like shameful badges that you have to wear like you I mean, I mean even if it's not something as extreme as like what's well, that weird saying that like it, it feels like all our parents have been telling all of us like of our generation We're like I ain't got no regrets so you've got zero regrets You've not grown as a person and gone, well, I wish I didn't do that. <laughs> I could have handled that better. <laughs> no. I don't get I think people who experience stuff like that, like, you're a survivor. You should be proud of that. No, 100%. You, you woke up this morning. Last night, you thought about hanging yourself. Or you, you thought about drinking last night, and you didn't. Chances are you're not the kind of person listening to this show. But if, if you are, if you enjoy this. Um, if you thought about drinking last night and you had to, like, willpower your way through, I'm not getting fucked up. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, I didn't do it. Like, go for fucking you. You know, you feel like I want to go on a walk or I don't want to go on a walk, but I promised myself I was going on a walk and you get the fucking walk done. Go for you. Like, all of us are just out here surviving, you know? It's weird. Um, that's a, a bit of an off shoot from this conversation, but uh, we've talked about, was that Max trying to climb in the vest? Climbing through my father's vest. <laughs> <laughs> to slap me in the face. <laughs> That's really terrible. Mm. He's he's yeah. dead. <laughs> <laughs> he he's gotten more attached to you though. He hopped up in your lap a minute ago, so he's uh, slowly adjusting. But um, no, like we've talked about the concept of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like in general, like with our careers and stuff, and that was a thought I was weirdly having last night. Uh, I feel, which I don't want to oh, go. I quite corrected that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you corrected that I feel? <laughs> no, I corrected the imposter syndrome pretty hardcore. <laughs> like a list of all your accomplishments. <laughs> well, no, I don't mean in my career. This was a, which we didn't even discuss it last night. Because um, I was like, oh, that's a weird thing to bring up. But I feel. What? Maybe the night before. Though. No, no. I, I'm. Let me get there. Sorry. <laughs> let me get there. I'm not talking about. Um imposter in your career like we were we were talking about some kind of heavy stuff last night over dinner and um like I was like I feel weirdly like an imposter in my um like I I have like problems with like anxiety and depression and Mm -hmm. I feel weirdly like an imposter in like my depression and my anxiety because I'm like oh like I've experienced some things that kind of suck in my life but you were like telling me stuff and I was like I've never experienced anything remotely like that (laughs) 
So like, I feel weirdly like, almost like I don't have a right to be like down sometimes. And I'm like, oh, like suck it up. People yeah. have been through worse. No, everybody has. We've all got a right to our sadness. We've all got a right to our trauma. Like what I've been through and what we talked about last night, which will remain a, a secret until we move to secret location. I'll, I'll tell all of you guys all about this story once we're in secret location. Um, but like you, you've got a right to that, to feel sad. Like we've been told our whole goddamn lives we're not supposed to acknowledge that or it's like, well, you're tough. Women are going through it now, right? Like, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's like, you're tough. Stand up. Shut you're up. okay. You got raped, but you're going to be fine. You know? <laughs> well, and two, like, I feel like if you have, like, a more... It's fucking insane. No. Like, I feel like you if you have, like, a more minor shit. trauma, sometimes you're, like, shamed. Because it's like, well, you've never experienced this. And it's like, yeah. oh, like, it still sucked for me, though. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> terrible for you. And it, it, it changed, you know, who you are as a person. And you can be both proud of who you are now because of that thing and sad that it happened. Yeah. Like, a major part of who we are as people are because some shit made us sad, never do that shit again. <laughs> you learned a lesson. Congratulations, you grew up and was sad. But you're allowed to be sad. This, this is such a heavy podcast today. I'm sorry, guys. No, no, Did it's not, not your mean fault. to go so heavy. <laughs> You're like, Brett, what are you writing about? And I'm like, I'm, I'm actually thinking a shitload a sad about book. heroin addicts. I've <laughs> <laughs> been reading about a two-year-old who got raped by her uncle for 16 fucking years. <laughs> it's been dark over here lately, guys. Well, you, uh, you are dating a person who writes primarily in the horror genre so you knew that before you got involved in this <laughs> but even with that sometimes which that's a weird thing too um like when we did the dolls or like any of like my stuff that's been a little more in that realm like that one where i did my nieces tied up at her or whatever i was like oh i want to shoot my shot at doing like a suspense or a horror or whatever and like even with that i feel like when you meet all these other people who have, like, seen so much more of life, like, even, like, with just the fact that you've been more places than I've been, I'm like, have I really, like, experienced life enough to really try to talk about this, though? Everybody's got a lens. You've got a very specific, like, lens right now, and it's about to be blown out in a bunch <laughs> of different directions. And I've had a big blown-out lens, and I've been put in one place, and now I get to go back to having a big blown out lens like I'm, I'm, I'm super excited but I think no matter where we go or what we do it's always going to be Brett's over here writing some super sad shit talking to this strange guy <laughs> in the bar screaming into the microphone yeah just talking to some derelict in a bar like dude so let me get this straight like that dude we met who was definitely like a cartel member that was hammered at the fucking mexican restaurant that one oh day. yeah we talked to him for like three hours yeah. <laughs> i'm still he, gonna he, be... he kept being very vague on the details yeah. of I was everything like, why are you here and he goes oh you know i don't know and it was like obvious he was on cocaine and i was like oh he's here selling cocaine mm. <laughs> 
that was like we were about to go on a date yeah. too. So I was like, this is just. We were gonna go watch Pet Cemetery. We just hung out with this fucking like tweaker. Forever attracting weird situations. Everywhere we go, weird (laughs) cashiers, weird like old people that want to die in their front yards. And um, like I mentioned in passing earlier, I don't know if we've ever talked about that on the podcast. There have regularly consistently been just dead flowers from like a bouquet that you would buy for like Valentine's or Mother's Day just smashed outside of our apartment. So uh, I don't know what the deal with that is, but it's happened a couple of times before. So Brett's just forever making life more interesting. We've harbored a woman. Who got busted with her other dude. I'm yeah, like, I thought she was going to steal I was like, are you okay? And she was like, no, there's some crazy bitch driving around smashing town smashing windows. windshields trying to find me. Uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing over oh here? I helped a schizophrenic guy find his cat. Like, I... I These things don't happen to me. No. Like, this is all just It doesn't happen to anybody else. It's my brother's favorite thing about me is my ability to just lean into the situation where I'm like, well, this is already insane. (laughs) So I'm going to hang out You know how weird the drive's going to be? Like, how much weird shit's going to happen? Oh, everywhere. A a bit of a drive. I stopped one time, me and my buddy, uh, who shall not be named, um, went to Georgia for a um, anti-suicide rally in Atlanta that we thought we were going to. It wasn't. There was a girl in Atlanta who had a crush on my friend. And so when we showed up and we were rehearsing our speeches, we learned that there was no rally. We got shot at at a gas station in Bankhead at this same trip. I don't think you told me that he part. He crashed his car. You told uh, me that, but yeah. you didn't tell me you got shot at. Yeah, it was the one time I've experienced racism. I stopped over in Bankhead to ask for directions as a skinny white kid, and they started shooting at us when we fucking went to pull out of the parking lot. It That's was madness. Nuts. You didn't tell me that part. I knew the rest of it. You didn't tell me that. That's scary. Jesus. It's fucking wild. But, uh,. There was no anti-suicide rally, so I'd written all this shit for absolutely no but reason. But did the friend get laid? Because I feel the like the friend didn't get no, laid. The parents not... were home. Me and my friend got drunk on wasted uh, trip on Jack Daniels, and then we brought in a backpack. <laughs> to a room. rally. Yeah, we were like seventeen. <laughs> like we were both writers, and we were like we we created this thing that was like the nightmare box light which was the suicide nation and we were trying to talk about these same sort of issues and shit and i wanted to do like an anti-suicide thing and it was my understanding that we had 20 to 30 people that were going to come out and i was like well fuck like let's do it and all that happened is we got shot at there was no meeting. Nobody had oh, sex. No. I got drunk in a Christian family's and then the living room, wrecked. and then he crashed his car that we spent the whole goddamn oh. summer rebuilding. It's <laughs> so bad. But every time it's ever gotten weird, I've just been like, "Yeah, like let's let's do this. Why the fuck not?" <laughs> okay. Well, we're not crashing our car I'm not making any promises we're not no 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 oh my god but I did wreck the oh I didn't wreck it we had a fender bender when we went to Jay's wedding so oh my god that's so much further of a drive we go to Jay's wedding I'm always freaked out over Kristen's driving to fucking proliferate this whole situation and it's like a three and a half hour drive or it's supposed to be a three and a half hour drive it took us seven goddamn hours to get home (laughs) 
It didn't take us seven. It took us like five. No, it took us a lot longer than it took five. Us like five. No, because by the time we found the route, we'd already been driving for three and a half hours. <laughs> you were so mad. I was furious. But we pulled out of this gas station. No, let, Kristen's let me, like, wait, you don't need to wait, be wait, nervous. Wait, no, I want to. No, I'll tell my side, then you tell your side. No, I'm not telling my side. Wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. I'm not telling my side. Before we go, we go into the story. This was my birthday weekend, <laughs> so I thought this was going to be a romantic, relaxing weekend in the a cabin. What? The what? Yeah, I was like, this is gonna. We're gonna be we're gonna so gonna much closer as a couple. We're going up in the Appalachian Mountains. No. It's gonna be fucking no. brilliant. It, my 30th birthday, so a significant birthday. This <laughs> happened last year. I was like, oh, we're going to go bond as a couple in a cabin in the woods, and it's going to be so awesome. And this is what happened. So now you can tell the story. She's like, you don't need to be worried about my driving. And I was like, cool, I won't say another word. And we pull out of this gas station, and this drunk just straight up pulls into the turning lane. We T-bone this drunk at like it's like it five miles it was, an hour. Yeah, paint transfer speed. <laughs> but it was enough for me to be like, okay, cool. Well, we're definitely getting killed all the way home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we were so lucky that dude was drunk driving a car that's been hit fifteen times. Yeah, he got and out and he goes, Are "You guys gonna want to call the police?" And I was like, "No." And he just like kind of got back in his car <laughs> and like, drove the fuck off. <laughs> oh my god, that was a nightmare. And then. When we almost got to the exit for uh, home, there was that one semi that was like yeah. all over the road that that dude was drunk. Like the whole trailer on the back was swerving and Kristen was like not accelerating to pass. And I was like, pass him! I did accelerate. My car just doesn't have a lot of get up and go. It's like, not... We're getting, getting, getting killed. <laughs> it was just supposed to be uh-huh. me and Kristen having a good time in the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. Watching so, one of my best friends get married, and it turned into like, like what I thought was going to be our. I was couple. massively hungover for seven hours in the passenger seat, just <laughs> praying to either die yeah. or not die. I was like, "Do you want to listen to some more Matchbox 20? And Kristen was like, "I don't want to talk to you." I didn't say that. <laughs> no, but like what I, I was probably on the verge of tears. Actually, by the time we finally got home, I think I, I think we didn't even like hang out afterwards. I dropped you off, and it was like, "Well, we're gonna reset tomorrow." <laughs> no, what I thought was going to be like our cute little couple bonding weekend probably damn near resulted in a breakup because it was so bad. Was, like the wedding was good, but the rest of it was a nightmare. Like you had to work the whole weekend, the like whole helping us up. He showed up and he was like, dude, do you mind carrying chairs? And I was like, at what point are we just going to smoke a joint on the patio? Like what are we, like, what are we doing oh, here? That was a weird weekend. So, all that to say to the Jerry and Danielle like God bless you too I hope you're happily hope married hope your uh, spiral staircase mm. really accentuates your house Did I tell you and I don't know if Jay's gonna care or not but if I just keep calling him Jay I don't feel like I've identified him as a person <laughs> so fuck it um, he bought one of those Roomba is that oh what yeah, you the, yeah, yeah! You told me the and story he, to tell them. And he also bought a puppy, and the puppy had diarrhea, and the Roomba <laughs> ran over the diarrhea and spread. The and Jay is very well off <laughs> for for people of our age. He has a spiral staircase, and so he owns a house. 
and uh, the dog shit directly in front of the Roomba. So when he came home from a very long day at work, there was a half-inch spread of shit on his entire fucking Aww. downstairs. And he goes, I had a long day, so I bought a bottle, like, whiskey. And he I walked in, I was like, what the fuck is that smell? I stepped in it, realized it was everywhere, and then he just took the bottle and sat down outside. (laughs) He got, like, halfway through the bottle of whiskey before he was like, I'm gonna go figure out. I think that would be my one deterrent for ever getting a Roomba. Like, how how nice would that be to not have to keep up with the vacuuming? But for one, Jax wants to eat the vacuum, and so if we had a Roomba, Jax would definitely eat the Roomba. But also, too, Jax likes to shit places, so that would be my life. And, uh... Yeah, I've heard enough horror stories about Roombas Diarrhea and, poop. and Roombas. So, like, the whole office by now would have definitely been killed with diarrhea. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I will probably never get one just because that I would It takes me walk half into... an hour to vacuum. I, I, I can vacuum everything and uh, mop it and be good to go. <laughs> uh... But we have spiraled into the nothing sphere. And I had show notes. I had two really good topics that we will talk about on a later date. Wait, what, what are the topics? We can keep going no, if we so want to. like this a whole discussion on cult classics and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, that's not remotely not related. Not remotely related to today. So <laughs> we'll do that another day. So we're going to talk about cult classics on Tuesday? Yes. Um, and, um, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. You said, uh, no, I was going to change topics entirely. Oh. So, if you had something. I was, we're going to talk about cult classics on Tuesday and uh, have more of a focused discussion and stuff like that because we'll be able to hang out and take notes and shit. Yeah. Um, while it's on my mind, though, we mentioned not last episode, but I think possibly the episode before that, that we would give you guys the information where you could watch the review for oh, the yeah. dolls. Yeah. So we forgot to do it on the last one, my bad. We did? Yeah, we said we were going to do it and we never did it. Oh, I thought that would happen. <laughs> um, I think if I'm not mistaken, on my personal YouTube, I have a playlist that mm-hmm. says like reviews or something like that. And the literal video, I think, is like in that playlist. So you can probably find it on my YouTube. But if not... Um, they are called Carmen Line Studios, and it's spelled K-A-R-M-A-N Line mm-hmm. Studios. And um, I don't have the video pulled up, so I can't tell you the video, but I think it was like called like a short film. I oh, know it's called The Talkies. That's what it is. It's called The Talkies. And then if you um, like scroll through there, eventually you'll find ours. I think, like I said, it's linked on my uh, YouTube, though. I think I have a playlist yeah. called, like, Reviews or something Definitely like that. Definitely go so check those guys out, because they... Make fun of our yeah. film with us. Exactly. Ours is the first one they talk about, so you, you know, get to hear all about if us first. If you want to watch and... the dolls in full, you can do that at the nightmarebox.blog. And actually, too, um, I've been kind of screwing around with our Facebook page. So uh, if you're on a computer, it won't work if you're on your phone or on a mobile app or whatever. If you're on a computer and you go on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Productions, <laughs> I have added a little YouTube section and a Instagram section for the Nightmare Box. So it doesn't link to my YouTube, but it links to the Nightmare Box's yeah. YouTube so you can see 
the dolls or any of the little like teasers from the podcast the dolls trailer is on there and anything we add in the future will be on there and then if you don't use instagram but you're curious what we post about it it doesn't show all of our posts but it shows like the first like 20 posts or whatever so check out the actual literal website Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. And you get to see more than those motherfuckers who have smartphones. <laughs> so go you for not being current with technology. And go over there and watch the film before you watch the review. They did a brilliant job. They also, poked fun at us and they gave us good advice. Also buy the book and read the story. I could do that. I mean, like, if you really wanted to, like, if you, if you, if you want to tell me that you love me, dear listener, and you're like, you know what I need in my life is an overpriced book I can read in a sitting. Um, buy the Madman Diaries. But seriously, though, like, Brett's being silly and modest at the same time, but I actually think that the written story of the dolls is better than the film, so... That's buy the book and well <laughs> but the story like you get like it's it's more kind of in the head of yeah. Allison so you get like the emotional aspect of the main character versus you know the book is essentially like reading a third person or the sorry the movie is essentially like reading a third yeah. person book so you don't get that emotional connection the same way that you do in the story so buy the book at the nightmarebox.blog <laughs> If you uh, send me $10, I'll send it to you anywhere in the world. Don't give a shit. Just give me your address when you send me the money and... No, finish. Sorry. Yeah. Just give me your address <laughs> when you send me the $10 and um, I'll, I'll shoot that out to you. Go ahead. Speaking of the world, we picked up Belgium and Oregon. Here's to Belgium. The Belgiumese and the Oregonese. So, uh, welcome to the podcast, guys. <laughs> I don't know what's in Oregon. Let me know. Send me an email at... Uh, Nightmareboxproductions at gmail. Or you can tweet me your twat. Uh, your Oregonian... Tweet you your twat. Don't tweet me your twat. <laughs> tweet me I was your... like, that's a dangerous request. <laughs> tweet me your Belgianese tweet. At... Uh, at Nightmareboxpro. Uh, Instagram at... At Nightmareboxproductions. And... Kristen's um, YouTube yeah, my page. Is, my is, YouTube is youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Or if you want to hit her up directly, I learned the other day, it's Cash Pennington. That's Twitter. That's I'm Twitter. Hit her up on Twitter on that Cash Pennington. Yours is, is it Bloombrett91? Bloombrett91, yeah. I believe, yeah. If you uh, go to the Nightmare Box Twitter, it has like an app for both mm-hmm. of our individual Twitters. So if you really want to get some writing advice or you really want to get some film advice, you can hit us up individually. Hit us up directly. If you have anything that you would like to be read or shot or anything, I, I am 100% down. Uh, hit me up with any artistic creativity. I, I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. I want to have fun. Let's do this fucking thing, team. And uh, you can find us on Spotify. And if you're like, I'm too snobby for Spotify. I prefer iHeartRadio. Well, bitch, you're in luck. Because Kristen figured that out on the last episode. And you can find us at iHeartRadio at a whole bunch of numbers and a whole bunch of backslashes slash nightmare. We're also on uh, both Google Podcasts and Google Play. So if you're an Android user, hit us up. Kill it. Kill the game. We are like at... 
nine countries, I think, in 18 states. So share this with your friends. I'm trying to conquer the world. Help me out. Help a sister out. Also, we're at... Uh... Got a British flag on my wall. <laughs> Sun never sets on the nightmare box. <laughs> also, the last time I checked, we're at 830 downloads, and we're trying to get to 1,000 for Zombievers. So rate, share, review. Mm-hmm. Come on, help us out. I want to watch a shitty B-horror film that kick-started my relationship. And I promise you I'll get her hammered for both that and the podcast. Kristen will be like slur drunk, like, Zombie versus the greatest movie! Well, there's, there's extra footage on the DVD that I've never <laughs> seen, so I need to be there. I need We're to be We're holding out life. for you fucking people. <laughs> Buy our things, or at least tell other people. It's free. I'm not making money. Are you making money? No. You're are, spending money, actually. Dear listener, are you making money? <laughs> I, I, I didn't fucking think so. Just share it with the people that you love. We're trying to help here. We're, we're doing good things for all the people. And I love you. And I love you. I love you. I'll see you guys on Tuesday.